Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Central banks are increasingly taking actions that may cause harm. That in order to mitigate the negative impact from central banks, it becomes necessary to authorize the circulation of a digital currency with a supply that cannot be controlled by any central bank and is only altered in accord with the objective and calculable criteria. They can come after me, they can come after any individual, I'll die on this hill, but they can't stop this idea and all the individuals, everyone in this room is going to fight for what's right. So important and I hope you all can look yourself in the mirror and say you're improving humanity and don't you dare let anyone tell you otherwise. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Bitcoin. Today we're doing something a little bit different. I got one of my good friends here at a Capital Factory. His name is Kangle, and um, he's a really interesting guy. I think I think we're just gonna do like kind of like an interview style show. I don't really do these very often, but I think he has such a fascinating story. And uh, say hi, Kangle. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm happy to be on the show. <laughs> Uh, Kango is like one of those dudes you meet and he's just super enthusiastic. He's part of the Austin Bitcoin Club. Um, he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's killing it. He's a Bitcoiner. And um, yeah, dude, I mean, how's everything going? Bitcoin forever, first of all. <laughs> I love Bitcoin. Like, seriously, I put almost all my money in Bitcoin right now. I'm actually selling really? my iPad. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm selling my iPad today. For, for, for Bitcoin? I'm, yeah, because I don't use it. So like anything that you don't use… Guys, throw in a Bitcoin. Do you know you know what's funny? Like I was talking to my wife last night and yep. she she was literally saying, she's like, you have that whole second room and you have all this crap in there. Like, why don't you just sell it for Bitcoin? I'm like, wow, that's a good idea. I should. Dude, that's awesome. That, that's not, I think that's not just a good idea. It's kind of like you have to do it. Like I'll, I'll touch upon like how, like to what extent that I've, that I've, that I've done in terms of like getting Bitcoin later. But like, I want to touch upon that later, man. Like, talk more about, like, how, how far I have went with selling everything but Bitcoin. Really? Oh, yeah. We should definitely talk about that. But, like, let's first, let's get into your background and stuff. Because you have, like, All such right. a, you have such, like, an am amazing journey. And just kind of, like, to let everybody know, we actually recorded this episode, like, a month ago, I think, right? And yep. then something really important happened to you here recently. And we won't, if you've been following Kangle, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is Kangle underscore Lin. So yeah. how it spells K-A-N-G-L-E underscore L-I-N. Yeah, I usually I usually talk to him on Twitter. But like if you if you've been following him, you kind of know already what, what already happened. But what's interesting is like he literally something major happened for him, which is awesome. But what's interesting is like his story and, and like how he came up and the kid just grinds, man. Like it's one thing, like, you know, 
me, I'm an old, I'm an old man. But like whenever, no, not, yes, bro. I am, bro. <laughs> like I'm just immature. But like when I see when I see somebody like him, I'm just like, dude, like you're so young and you're like so passionate. And like not only that, like you will like I've seen you right. Like you you will be here till like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night working. <laughs> and I and and I know that because I'm here that late, right? But yeah, like man. what's interesting is like other people that I've talked to, they've told me, and you haven't been in the same room, you, you're like ROA, and they're like, yeah, sometimes he'll just get up and he'll literally, would just go back to work like in the middle of the night. What's going on with that, man? Do oh. you come up with ideas? Like, what is up? What's up with that? Well, like, I mean, life is short, you know, like everybody wish they have uh, 48 hours a day, I guess. Cause man, I'm a college student, not gonna lie, right? Like, so, I just sold my first company and, and you know, on t- run, running business while, while I'm going to school is definitely uh, something that I say everybody should do, but it's super hard. I would say time consuming. You, you got to be really good at time management, especially when you have a large team. Um, and also, like, I just, I have ideas. Yeah, exactly, man. I have ideas. So, like, I would, like, get up and I want to kind of just, like, work on a weekend idea. So I would say when you have school, networking, uh, uh, business, and, and the side idea, it, it, it costs a lot of time. So I get up and do those, man. Like I just grind, grind out. At night, nobody bothers me. So Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. Yeah. Do, do you think you get that from like your parents? Because you grew up in China, right? That must yeah. have been super hard. No, man. Like, growing up, they wanted me to go to school. They, they forced me to do a lot of homework. But... Like I really did not get that from China. I would say like it was it was more. I think it was more because of my experience in America. Like when I first came to America, I was in, I was in Alabama, and you know it it wasn't very nice there. And you know just through my experience, I kind of just, you know, slowly by myself growing up ever since I was fifteen, you know, to become the person I am today. And I was just very blessed to be able to meet a lot of. A lot of um, you know, I would call them OGs and goats um, that are like ten steps ahead of me, and I would just like observe what they do, and I would just do it. Like such as like my advisor Nikhil, my God, this man grinds so hard. He sleeps like three, four hours a, a day. He 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 invited me to LA to his collective. He he sleeps like three, four hours a day, networking like crazy, giving us all this intro to the investors. Like you know, when I see my friends working that hard. Like I just know I can do it too. It's yeah, how I do it. Yeah, it, it's definitely like you saw what we do here at Pleb Lab, and I've noticed that with Bitcoiners, like Bitcoiners make other Bitcoiners work hard, and it's Pos- yeah. positive cycle, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's just an incentivization kind of thing that you feed off of ideas and then energy, and then when like right now you just sold your company, so I'm like. <laughs> yeah, dude, let's fucking go. Like, I'm like, hell yeah, Kango. I'm like, blessed. fuck yeah, let's 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 do this. Like, it, it's just, it's su- it's such a good feeling, dude. Like, I, I I think I just I think I gave you like a bear hug, didn't I? Like when when you told me. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I remember that. But uh, dude, it's just, I'm so lucky, man. Like to be here. Like, like selling my first company. I I never thought like at the age of like twenty. 20 at actually I just turned 21 like a month ago so I started selling process when I was like 
20. So like at the age of 20, I never thought that I would be dealing with like other lawyers and stuff. Like I thought it was always in the movie. And <laughs> yeah, dude. So so tell me, I saw pictures, right? Because I, I saw, I remember you, you did a blog post. What's the name uh, of your, your where you have your blog where you wrote about like how that day went and stuff? Oh, yeah. So um, I host all my blogs on my personal website, kangolin.com, which is my first name, last name.com. And I thought it was so interesting, dude. Like, I had never seen that before. I don't know where you got the idea from, but I thought it was so interesting how you did the, uh, you basically like did a uh, a blog post of like the entire day of like, like how you sold your company. I was like, oh, yeah, man. That was so fascinating because <laughs> I don't remember anybody like that I've ever seen ever, ever doing that. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, I'm big into like building public, bro. I'm big into building things in the public. Um, that is one of the things I learned from John Saddington. Like just building in public, inviting people into that thinking process, be transparent. A lot of times, like a lot of times people are really afraid of inviting people into the thinking process because they're embarrassed. And, you know, I, I used to be that way, but now I just kind of like embrace it. So that way, like I don't just... Um, I don't just make a decision off my own brain, but also I invite also adding up to like other people's intelligence into my decision making process. And, you know, that's that's just me, you know, doing sharing and building in public, you know, it's, which I love it. It's kind of like my winning secret, a little, little secret there. So so tell me about how that day went, like that contract day, like like the pictures look kind of kind of crazy, like. Dude, it was crazy, man. Like, it almost looked like it almost. You know what it reminded me of? Like, to be honest with you, like I grew up watching football and stuff, like the NFL. Like, kind of reminded me of like, like, like when you get drafted or something, or like the NBA. It kind of yeah, looked man. like draft day. Like, what, what was what was it like? Like the whole day. So, so it's, I, I love this podcast and I love the host. So I'm gonna. I love you, Car. But oh, dude, uh, so you. that's why I'm, 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 I'm gonna go full, full, full extent. Full disclosure of like what it really feels like here, right? So, guys, that picture was a post, right? So we post that picture because we know one day we're gonna be so famous. Both, both me and people uh, at Vlogme, whoever acquired us, we're gonna get so famous, and like people are gonna film a movie about this. So we thought, like, great, you know what? Let's take a picture that way, like people can have something to like go off from, right? But in terms of the, the process itself, getting your company acquired. <laughs> was actually uh, kind of boring, air quote boring. Really? It was? Yeah, man. It's <laughs> it's so boring? It's boring and it's kind of stressful. Wow, really? Why? So that picture is obviously great. And, you know, I always, like growing up, I always thought like, oh, great, guys, if you got an exit, it's like, that's huge, you know? That's like awesome. You would think it would be a great day. Yeah, man. But like, you never, you, you wouldn't, you don't see, it's like getting funding. You don't see, you don't, you don't have that excite moment until you got it. Uh, you know what you. I mean? So I like, got you, yeah. So <laughs> I wrote in my blog. So three months before I got acquired, we actually ran out of runway. Like we ran out of money. So my co-founder couldn't like afford to like work kind of full time anymore. And, you know, for the team, I... At the time, I have, you know, a lot of interns still working on a team. So, like, a lot of a lot of people working on a team. I couldn't just, like, go there and be like, yo, guys, we're finished, you know? Like, I didn't, I didn't want to say that. And, and if I say that, just no one else is going to take the lead, right? Right. So, I led the team 
you know, acting like everything's normal. Um, recruited student developers, uh, trying to fix the situation. It was really, really tough because, you know, code stuff. Code, codes are not… Code base is not something you just jump in and fix. You get used to it like maybe after two two weeks or like a month or something. Uh, actually, normally after a month or something. It's, it's, very, it's very painful. So, you know, we couldn't develop our app for like a while. But I still had to like keep it going. So we, I kept it going. Users start growing at UT Austin. We'll keep using it. We'll keep, we'll keep growing that. Just run the cycle. So just basically building the community out is what you focused on pretty much. Yeah, but point? it was hard because you, you can't like fix the bugs. You can't. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you can't. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. You can't really like develop any features. So the product team over there just like coming out with all these new features and it gets backlog, backlog, backlog. Like nobody's building that. And then the marketing team can't come out with anything fresh because the product is staying the same, you know. So like the whole thing is it's kind of hard, but you know. So so for the rest three months, I went out with no development because we ran out of money. So every single day, I I really didn't know how to how to like how to see the next day and like have a plan. Be like, yo guys, <laughs> if we do this, we'll get there. You know that. Like we didn't really have like we couldn't have a plan like we, I I kind of have a plan to like apply to the accelerator, raise some money so we might be able to extend the runway, uh, but you know that's all up in the air. You, you like I said you you get it you excited only until the only when you got only only when you know that yeah, you got it right absolutely. So you know it to me that process was super stressful, and the day. I asked so so basically I went to I went to Bob Bob Thorson which is the chairman of uh, of Logme, he is a four time four time IPO founder, and he was the entrepreneur of the year in Hong Kong back in nineties. He's a very very interesting man, magical man I would say. So I thought he probably knows everything about acquisition, merging, IPO. I'm gonna go ask him. So at one of these events, I said, um, "What's it called? Central Central Machine? What's it called? The place uh, nearby Austin? That place is called Central. Which one? Central Work Machine. Where is that at? It's a it's a networking place that goes down every Friday, every Friday from three to five. It's oh, like, wow. like, like an entrepreneur that. networking thing. I had no idea. So basically, we all went, and then I asked him about it. I was like, "Yo, Bob, like I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. Like, what do you think about this? Right? Give me some um, advice." Yeah. And what do you and, say? And Bob was like, yo, let's talk. So we got on a meeting like the next day. Not the next day, but on the same weekend. And and we went into this room, uh, Wonder Woman room right here at Capital Factory. And uh, and the meeting lasted the whole day. We thought it's gonna only gonna last for like an hour or two, but the meeting lasted the whole day. What were you guys talking about? So at first, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to say everything, but like, yeah, for, the, for the most part, just like a top over. Yeah, for sure. So, so at first, I was thinking, you know, we're, I was going to ask for some advice. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that's what you do. Yeah. But, but somehow, um, the Vlogme team, someone proposed, said, hey, do you guys see value in this? So right now, I had the, I had the uh, knowledge that, I, I, right now, I know that they actually talked about it the day I, after I after after I asked them about it, but but on that day in the meeting, and they were like, "Hey, we saw some value in here. Like maybe there's some synergy, you know." So because they just moved from Philippines, and 
you know, we we have pretty good strong brand at UT, and I also works on uh, blockchain stuff. So like they wanted to incorporate some of that stuff into their app. So um, naturally, they were like, "Hey, I see a lot of value in this. Like maybe we can purchase it." <laughs> Oh, so, wow. Yeah, that's like how it all started, man. So we start talking about it. We start talking, hey, what can what value can be added to to vlog me? You know, what what can we do here? Like how is it gonna how is it all gonna go down? You know, like what's the terms and all that stuff? Like, man, Bob is just such an amazing person. I did not bargain at all in the in the deal. It was a great deal for me. I did not bargain at all. Like he just taught me like how to do a win win deal there, you know. Is so, that what you learned? That both sides huge. have to get Huge. Because, you know, we had other buyers as well, right? Like, potential buyers, you know. like But, like, Bob is the one that stood out. And Bob was like, we got to make a win-win situation. Because if you lose, like, I don't feel good about this deal. So, like… Yeah, both parties have to come out. Yeah, man. You thinking really... that they both either came out with the best possible deal or, yeah. like… They are both not happy, but it has to be both equal. It can't just be like, right? Like one got it's, over yeah, the other. Like it can't be or the other one got more than the other. It has to be equal. Like they both feel happy or they both are not happy. But they're they're both yeah. It's kind of both hard. the deal went down, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of hard to like. It's kind of hard to say like what is equal, but definitely like we want people to win. Like yeah. people have a pretty clear definition not clear but like people have a definition of like what is it what does it mean by like me winning like for me it's it's that gumdrop spirit lives on this thing that we built in the last in the past year would not like just go into waste you know but it will be in a good hand right it'll be it'll be providing a lot of value for for people who want to build on top of it right that's that's where we see the value comes in that's a win for us not necessarily just the money not necessarily just the equity um you know, for us, me and Gilbert, we really wanted, you know, this gun. We really wanted Gundrop to not go into waste. So for for vlogging, you know, they um, they got Gundrop's a lot of resources that we have already built and the infrastructure that we have built here in Austin. Um, also, also the team, also also me. You know, it's just they love me and I love them too. Um, so you know. Uh, all in all, it was just a awesome win-win deal that he has created. So, you know, it, it, at the time, it was making most of the sense to us. So we decided we're going to go with it. It was kind of like how it happened. That was the day we were like, great, let's do it. And the next day, like, they sent us the, the contract and then we signed it. Yeah. That's kind of how it all happened. So, like, I would say overall experience uh, before I know, before I actually found the buyer and… And actually signed the deal. I was kind of stressed out. Really? Yeah, man. Even, I was so stressed even during out. it because you thought it was like not gonna happen, or it was just like, what did you think? Oh, why were you stressed it? out for? I wasn't. Well, when I found Bob, I wasn't that stressed out. But like, at first, he obviously didn't mention like he's gonna buy it. Yeah, right. So you know, I was still worried, man. I was like, man, how am I gonna get this down? You know, like looking through all the buyers and all that stuff. But um, why were you stressed out then? Just because you didn't know. Yeah, because you didn't know, like you didn't know, like you still. I'm. I was. We were still living day to day. Oh, gotcha. You know, we're why. still surviving. We're not our surviving mood, yeah. man. Gotta be yeah. straight up honest, right? Like I don't want to care anybody. Like it's just surviving. You were in, in survivor mode. I want survivor mode because I want my basically. team to. I want everybody on my team to be able to 
find a place where they can set themselves up to for success. Right. Because you know, if I can't take all these people who are working with me to the top, like I want them to be in a good hand. Right. You know, so like I didn't, that was one of my very big concern, you know, when it comes to one of, one of my big consideration element when it comes to like getting acquired is that how are my people going to be treated? Are they going to be treated with respect? Are they going to be in a place where they get to learn and perform? You know, so like, you know, that was also another thing that I would just like, I wasn't, I, w- I had to think a lot about it because it wasn't just as simple as like, oh, you bought me out. Let me put my people in your team. It, it had that process. You know, we're still working on it, which is integrating Gumdrop's team to Vlogney's team. And they are a little bit different in, in terms of team structure and the team process. Interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to see what, how that's going to turn out because ultimately it was it was a really cool app that wasn't related to to Bitcoin or anything like that, right? It was it was you proposed basically, to make it related. To I wanted Bitcoin. you to make it to a Bitcoin thing, but like you didn't want to, which is fine. Anyways, it wasn't. I didn't want to. It was. Uh, it was a <laughs> different trying, initiative that yeah, I had to start. I know. I was like, dude, make it open source, bro. Make it Bitcoin. I know. It was just my wishful thinking. Anyways, uh, yeah, but like, tell them about the app though. It was it was actually Gumdrop was actually a pretty cool app though. Yeah, so I played Gum- with it for a little bit. Yeah, so what Gumdrop is is, um, you know, we we help university students to form a four to six people small group chat on the app, and we also provide them with a map. And the map has a magic button. Like if you click the button, it was will it, show was you. Was it used for drugs? Hang out. Was it honestly used for drugs? No, it's Tango? not. No, it's, okay. it's used to hang out. Like oh, group okay. hang out. No, there's no I, drugs involved. I did involved. think that first. I was like, dude, this is used for drugs. Bro. There is no drugs involved. <laughs> it's so anonymous, man. It was, like, how it was you... a UT Silk Road. Is that what's going on? UT <laughs> No, man. Definitely not. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, I got to be a genius for that. But like, <laughs> I, while I was working on the app, I did have this idea where I want to incorporate like, like element where we can like get Bitcoin payment involved you know dude, like, that'd get, have been get, sweet. like get the users or something more like more like users can dude, stake. you got it you got it like when you we're, we're thinking about this we're thinking about like users can like stake a little bit of bitcoin dude you got, you got it like when you when you <laughs> to enter the conversation and then when they exit they can they either exit um with with the amount that i staked or like someone didn't talk like can, they can like, split the part yeah, that, dude, you gotta, <laughs> that you gotta, you gotta figure there. out a way to like you got a way to pitch that to Bob and be like, hey, It's just dude. so fun. You know, that way we also educated people of my age. Like my peers need to learn about Bitcoin. So Yeah, dude. Because I feel like your peers. I thought it would be so fun. I feel like your peers just want like NFTs, bullshit. And they just want like fucking Ethereum and all this other stuff. And I, I know your ability. You have to build that I think, stuff. I think, because, it, like, I think Ethereum, is, Ethereum is a bitch for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. NFTs. And that I, can, can, I, is debatable. I, I know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, but yeah, like, we'll but like, I, but I know your whole generation is like, is like in that, dude. And it's so crazy. But like, I get it. It's like, a, I think it's a generation. I've, I've come to the, since I've been doing ABC, like, I realize like, it's a generational thing. Like, and I realize now I'm just the old man yelling about hard money at this point. <laughs> so I realize the, the these younger dudes like you, they see NFTs and they, they want to build it on Bitcoin like you or or they want to, you know, do it on some other, you know, shitty blockchain. But like it's going to happen, like just because that's what they want. Right. Like and like. Yeah, like it's just good. That's just they're just going to do it regardless. Yep. And like if they're going to do it regardless, 
I think, at least do it on Bitcoin. I think there's a lot of potential with. Uh, I think they're all gonna not gonna make it because they're gonna lose their Bitcoin. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you well, I mean, if, I wouldn't if, spend your Bitcoin for an NFT. Dude, if, but it, but if you're gonna do it, like, good luck, right? Like, yeah, man. And, and most of the people nowadays, they just um, they they bought other coins to like buy NFTs, and like <laughs> that's just I. You know, I, I'm not judging anybody here, but I think it's a very, very, very risky move if you want to, like, get other altcoins out there. It's just kind of risky because... Especially right now, dude. Guys, like, it's not decentralized. <laughs> let's face it. Like, let's stop stop lying. <laughs> especially right especially right now, dude. Like, we're about to... I, I saw a tweet yesterday. I forgot who it was. And uh, they were basically saying they're like, we're headed towards 300,000. Like, it was such a bullish tweet. They're like, we're headed to 300,000, Kangle, before the end of December. I'm going to look at that what? eventually. I was like, what? That's the craziest. I was like, how are we going to get to 300,000 before the end of December? But at the same time, I was like, well, shit, I've seen crazier things in, in Bitcoin, which is true. I have. Well, I, I think, I think you know, like when I, when I think about Bitcoin… I don't really think about like how how high is it gonna grow like this month or next month, but I was, but I'm more of a you know in about like five years, ten years, twenty years down the road, it's gonna look really different for me financially. That's one thing I can guarantee. But like you know, a lot, a lot of times people predict like, hey, we're gonna hit like this mark by December. Like that's cool and all that, and sometimes it's real. But like I know long term though, like oh, long termly yeah. speaking, bro. We gotta be financially very well off, and dude, I actually, I this morning I called my parents. I said, "Yo, guys, we gotta sell the house." <laughs> Seriously, you did? Like, yeah, what? we have some properties in China. Uh, my family has some properties in China that, that y'all own specifically. Yeah, we own. Them. Oh wow, badass! Uh, you know, it's it's passing down. Like we're not rich or anything, but it's passing down. So, you know, now with the uh, uh, China, China real estate market crashed. Shit, did it really? Why well, it, it, it kind of crashed? Because eh? of that it, it whole evergreen really crash. thing, or what? Yeah, but like it that didn't actually, really... that actually was a significant. Because I don't follow all the yeah, politics. It's, stuff. it's pretty significant. It does impact the market, but like China does a really good job in terms of like stabilize the market. Because they uh, manipulated or what? Well, I, I'm not gonna comment. Okay, oh, you can't comment on it. Damn it. Comment are they watching? Are, are they? Are they <laughs> like? Are they watching you, Kangol? I don't know, man. I'm not gonna really, Kangol. <laughs> oh snap, bro! Guys, like. Really, yeah. Kangol? I don't know. Anything is possible, right? But anyway. Wow. Anyway, bro, listen to me, man. But, but hang on real quick. We don't have yeah. to talk too much about it. I don't <laughs> want to get you in trouble. But um, when when do you go back? Like, when do you ever, like, visit, I guess, should be the question. I haven't visited in two years, actually. I kind of want to go back. But you like, do want to go back? Yeah. Like, I want to go back and see my parents and stuff. I just… You're you know, afraid this, to or what? This, no. Because you're afraid this, you won't be able to come back? Or? No, I'll always be able to come back. It just… Um, it just I never found time because ever since I started doing this gun drop thing, you know how I, you know how I am. Like I guess I yeah. stay on it like on the weekend as well. Like I never, I didn't even celebrate my own birthday. Like really? No, I, I, I saw no, you partying, bro. What are you talking about? I no, saw I you did not party for my birthday. Yeah, you did. You went to San Fran, didn't you? No, that was that was one of the event that I hosted in San Francisco. It's, oh, like, it's a okay. student incubator. I, th- I thought that I you hosted. had. Wait, I thought you went to ACL though for your birthday. Oh yeah, Josh Bear gave me a. <laughs> See, I told you, you did do something. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It wasn't necessarily for. It was, it was my birthday weekend for sure, right? I. You did. Party, I was lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I went to ACL because Josh Beer from Capital Factory gave me gave me uh to ACL pass. Thank you yeah, so you guys much, are Josh. Best buddies, dude. You guys are best. Buddies. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, 
and and the, and the event on San Francisco in San Francisco on Saturday that that day was was a student incubator that I organized in San Francisco called the Codex Builders. Oh yeah, what is that? So I'm just giving back. Uh, how I, how I started is that when I started, I didn't ha- I didn't have any resource or connections, and it was really it was really hard for me to like keep going. I was also lucky because I had co-founders and all that stuff, and and advisors and stuff. But imagine if you don't have them, like you wouldn't even know where to start. So I just want to bring the connection that I have now today to the students who might be in my shoe, you know, like, like to help them out, like get them hooked up with some NGO advisors and NGO investors. That's kind of what we're doing here. And also provide them with some camaraderie. So that's kind of why, I, I mean, that's the coolest part of my birthday weekend. Actually, I loved it. Yeah, dude, it, it, it's good that you're giving back, man. That's like, I definitely realize like, like starting ABC with Kyle and and everybody and all the plebs, like that's probably the coolest thing is the community. Yeah, like, man, it's so fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I don't go home. It, dude, believe it or not, dude, like some of the people that you meet and like, like all the connections and like now they're like friends and like, dude, I would even yeah, consider man. some of them family at this point. Like, dude. Yeah, dude. And then they get your back, dude, like 100%. Yeah, man. They got your back, man. Well, the, the, the overarching theme here is that we all are we are all trying to do something that will be beneficial to the large audience here. You know, it'll be beneficial to all Bitcoiners for sure. Yeah. And even even beyond that, it's, I think Bitcoin is a human thing, you know? Definitely. Bitcoin is not a, I wouldn't say just a Bitcoiner thing. I think Bitcoiners are more accurately described as the early adopter of Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. But um, I think Bitcoin should be kind of used by everyone. You know, <laughs> I think hopefully, Bitcoin hopefully. should be hopefully should be understood understood by everyone. Yeah. So you gotta go. You gotta whenever. You, are you still going back to California? Or no? Oh yeah, I am going back to California <sighs> in about two months. Why? For college, it sucks, guys. <laughs> but you gotta finish. You know, like you gotta be a finisher. You can't oh, quit. You, you are gonna finish. I am gonna finish. Like yesterday, I had a chat with uh, Peter Saddington from Amroid, and yeah, man. So his brother John John Saddington has been a great um, kind of like mentor and a friend for a long time. So Peter yesterday convinced me to be a finisher. So uh, I I've been a finisher, but not just I I just hated school, but I'm gonna finish it anyway. He convinced me. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. That's yeah, good. but I'm going back to California for for college basically. But I want to move back here in Austin because Austin is such a dynamic place and I kind of just like knows everybody here so like I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel like you just you have more opportunity here than anywhere else right now in the United States. Like I don't know dude, I, I don't know what it's like, like in I California. I feel like I know everybody here. I, I feel so at, hyped. At this point you do. I mean, and I even con- throw my own meetup sometimes. <laughs> and then like you're connected, dude. You're connected to everybody at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm blessed like to be able to meet all these awesome people like you, like Kyle, you know, like like Ritash, like they taught me so much about Bitcoin and business and passion, like just everything around, man. It's just things start. Yeah, I happening remember the here, first you know? time I met you, dude. You were so like, you're like so fresh ears, fresh eyes. Like you had never seen like, yeah, dude. I remember, but you, the thing about you, dude, is like you just absorb and you learn fast, dude. You learn fast. You got to, man. The hack of like hacking everything and just like learn. You just read. absorb quick and I noticed that about you like you just you just pick up faster than anybody I've ever seen at, at that age 
Dude, I'll be in the car. I'll be listening to the podcast or like, or like some sort of audiobook. It's 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 a really good trick, I think. And like, I stay up late. Like most of the time, I just study. I just learn about like Bitcoin. I, I listen to Mike Michael Sattler and like Sailor Chad. Yeah. What's yeah, uh? Man. So tell us about how you grew up, dude. Because I know you can't talk, probably talk too much about it, but like, is it that bad in China, dude? Like, oh, China's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, China was amazing. Uh, but like, why did you end up leaving there? So I, I grew up there until like I was 15 years old, man. 14, 15 around there. Uh, uh, I I hated school there. I hated why? school anywhere actually. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I definitely know that. But like, but but why why did you hate school there specifically? Dude, I got into so many troubles in school. Like the teachers would just ring my parents every single day. In China? Yeah. Uh, my about parents what, got kind though? of frustrated. About what? Like you can't talk or something? Or like yeah, it's like, strict? You, you, you're not supposed to like go against them. You know, like kind of like in America, you kind of, you'd be like, yo, maybe we're around here. And then the and then the teachers will be like, oh yeah, you're right. Or like something, right? But in China, it's like, you shouldn't say that at all. You can't, you can't like stand up and talk about it. So like they kind of hated me already. Because uh, my, because my, because my grade fluctuates. In China, if you have the best grade in the class, you can do anything you want. And if you don't, like you get hit, you get hit sometimes. Like when I was a you kid, get I, hit. Do I get hit, bro? Like, like I get hit like on my with hand. What? Like with what? With like um, um, with like a stick. Are you serious? Dude, I'm serious. That's child Dude, abuse, bro. One of my, well, <laughs> my cousin came home when he was like sixth grade or something. Like came home with his like eyes all like bruised out. Are you serious? Swollen. And you can't call the police on that, or you N- can't. Nobody. Well, I don't know why they didn't do it, but like I would. If it's now, I would. But like that was like I don't know, ten years ago. Uh, so he came home like all bruised up, and we, I was like, "What the fuck happened?" And he was like, "The the math teacher beat him up." <laughs> Dang, <laughs> for, dude, for having a bad grade. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, for having a bad grade and wanting to play basketball. They're my, that. My cousin was really hardcore? good at basketball when I was kid. Huh? They're that hardcore, dude. Hardcore as hell, man. And then the next day, my auntie had to like. Go to school with a basket of egg and like say sorry to the teacher. It was crazy. So like anyway, I it wasn't that hardcore when I was in school. But it was still enough to where it's like it was, not right. I was just really like into justice. So like, I would stand up and be like, no, that's not right. Like that's not true. Go Google it or go buy do it, which is Google in China. I say, hey, go buy do that stuff. And then Whoa. people like like people know that I was right. And then they get pissed. So the teachers will always get pissed, and then the one teacher get pissed. They kind of like it's kind of political out there, you know. Like so, so the other teachers kind of like have to back them up. Um, so like every, every teacher get pissed at me, and then so you're not allowed to. And then think- my my parents like my dad's actually pretty dope in the city, but like he just like never wanted to make a call for me. So like he never talked to the principal or anything um, until the very end. So like the 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 teachers were never like they were never aware of like who I actually am so they kind of get political and they just kind of but anyway it's not fair anyway like it doesn't matter if you have connection or not like i just think that's something like shouldn't happen but anyway i do anyway because i I wasn't really scared i wasn't really because i know at the end of the day like if something bad happened to me in school like i'd be taken care of so so you're basically saying that if you go against anything that they say in class or like in in whatever they're teaching if you have a bad grade yeah or a fluctuation grade like me but, I I once was like the top fifty out of a thousand kids, <laughs> and that was still not good enough. It, it wasn't good enough unless you maintain it there. 
So I wasn't wow. maintaining. So like, so so they really hated me. Dang, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, bro, that to they, me, that's just so. You get paid more if you have good students. It's kind of how it works, I think. Oh, so they're incentivized. Yeah, they're they, they incentivized, man. They incentivized to like have kids with a high grade, kids going to the best school after middle school or college or something. And then, so your parents were just cool with you being you, right? For the most part, or no? For the most part, yeah. Like my parents, my parents never know how to teach a kid. So they decided just not gonna teach it at all. They just let me run wild. Like I just do whatever I want to do, and that's kind of like how I, how I came to America. Which is when I was fifteen, I got I got into so many troubles. But wait, 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 real quick. How did you get to America though? Like explain that part. Yeah. So how I got to America is when I got into a lot of troubles. I also met this guy. His name is Yates. Become my mentor. He grew up in Singapore, and he. Uh, he basically went to UCLA and worked in San Francisco for a while. He came back to China, actually. He was born in China, actually. Uh, and I met him, and he was teaching me about English and all that stuff. And while he was teaching me about English, he was teaching me about, like, all the experiences that he has been through in um, in all these countries abroad. So I was really, like, drawn by that type of stuff. And one day I was like, yo, I want to go there. I want to go to New York. I want to be like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, like Peter Parker? Yeah, like Peter Parker. You know, I, I thought it was super cool. It's New York, you know, New York, guys. That's funny. Which Peter Parker, though? Because there's like… Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Garfield? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man is, this, is the funny. one. Okay. Cool. But anyway, um, more more, for, uh, more more was there for the Am for Emily Stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's so pretty. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to go to New York. So we figured, great, let's do this. I talked to my parents. I said, hey, I want to go to America. And my parents was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. I was 15. And then and then my dad was like, how much is it going to cost? And I and I laid out a plan, like a little projection that we had, which is way off now, now looking back. Because that was like way below. What oh, what do you mean? <laughs> like it was too much money? No, it was… Now, now we actually spend way more than what I had projected. But when I was 15, I projected a number for the next seven years of my education in America. And and my dad was like, all right, great. You you, you going to handle this? I was like, yeah, I'm going to handle this. So Yates and, and me together, we got together and we just applied all the programs in America. And then we finally got into a… Well, actually, we I didn't know. I didn't know how many programs I applied, but like… I got I got into the uh, exchange program to to Alabama. Oh man! I, it wasn't just to Alabama. It was like exchange program, like they can go anywhere. But somehow I got I landed in Alabama. Like it was just it was it was bad after that. But you got but you got out of China though. That was cool, right? Or were you sad to really to leave? I mean, a party was, was probably I was sad, excited. Right? I was I was hyped. But I you were sad to leave your parents though. Like I would have been. I wasn't sad. sad at all. Like when I was a kid, really? I was like, "Fuck!" I would have been so sad. To leave I was like, my "I'm out of here, guys." Dang, dude! You don't <laughs> miss the food though. You don't miss like the food, the home cooked meals. I miss the food now, but back then, all I wanted was Big Macs. For <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious. It was, it was all Big Macs. You wanted the American when experience? I was in Rainbow. Yeah, like I wanted an American experience, and that's cool. <laughs> Did, is there a lot of kids over there that want the American experience too, or is it just like very few do? 
I feel like everybody think it's kind of cool that you'd be able to go to America, but like not necessarily like people would say that, but they don't actually want to come here. Oh, like okay. they would. They would always say, yo, this is so cool, man. Like, Los Angeles is so cool. But like, when you say, hey, do you want to go there? And they'd be like, for trouble, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like us when we say like, oh, man, I would love to live in Japan or Tokyo for, you know, a year. Oh, or yeah. It's like kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, Tokyo's cool and all like, that. Yeah, but I like, would want to live there for like a year. Then when you're like, do you want to go and live there for a year? You're like, oh, well, maybe. Uh, like, maybe not. There's a lot of cool like, things here. Maybe like a week Austin. or two. Like maybe like a week or two. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I get what That's you're saying. That's kind of how I feel, man. Yeah, it's kind of how it is. Yeah, but, that makes sense. You know. Did you? So when you made it to Alabama, was it was it pretty bad there? It was so bad, bro. Like, it was racism everywhere. I wrote oh, a man, memoir. That sucks. I wrote a memoir when I was a freshman uh, in, in college because but you were just having trouble with the language barrier, or was it just the... I did not speak English at all. Oh shit, really? And yeah, man, it was it was a lot of racism. Yeah. I was in the country, and you know, it was on an hourly basis. People would pop out racism, racist slurs, and and they would even like pull knives and, sh- and really stuff on in you? the school on me. Yeah, like. Yeah, that sucks, it's, bro. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, that only happened like a couple times. Like, it wasn't a lot. But like, yeah. it was, to me, I think it was just really hard. Traumatizing, when, probably. I kind of want to reject that, but like, it's kind of true. For years, I wanted to say that I don't have a trauma. But, you know, this year, you know, sometimes I still, I still, I it's still okay, break down. It's okay, dude. Like, it's okay. Like, dude, honestly, sometimes I still break down from this. But like, yeah, when I was in Alabama, you know, the 15 bus, 15 minute school bus ride was my favorite time out of the day because that's the only time where nobody's going to be racist and like nobody's going to give me any trouble. Because I know in school, I'm going to, I'm going to get into a lot of trouble. Kids will, will always want to like trigger me because I was the only Asian there and they would always want to like make me mad, see my reaction, treat me like a little poppy dog or something. And what year was that, Kangle? It was 2015, 16, I think. It's crazy. Uh, so it was like right around, yeah, it was right around that political years. Yeah. It was really political because yeah. I, I remember people be asking be like, hey, what do you Chinese people stand for? Like, I don't even know about yeah, you, you guys' American know, you political even know, stuff like, here. Like, first of all, fuck politics. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just stupid. And you don't know what about the propaganda that's being spread on the media about China or anything yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. And and they were like, hey, what do you guys stand for? You stand for Hillary or you stand for uh, Trump? I was like, I don't even know who the fuck they are. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, but like, I couldn't speak anything. Like, so. Yeah. So, so basically. They the, threatened me. They had a death threat on me, by yeah. the way. Like. But like, they're basically just like responding to whatever the media is telling them about. Chinese uh, Chinese Americans or Chinese people coming to America, so they're just responding to whatever they're seeing on on the media. Dude, they hated me, man. And then and then on top of that, it's just all propaganda, right? It's, so it's just American propaganda about China. But not only that, even if it is true, you coming from China, you're just a kid. You don't even know I don't what even the know fuck the language, that even bro. means. You just want to like fucking watch Spider Man, like like eat that's a cheeseburger. Wanted, yeah. Like that's you, you all you see is just like all the cool things about America. The last thing you see is like For real. I was what, what, I thought what, I was gonna fall in love with the like uh, yeah. like girl like Emily Stone, you know? <laughs> like you don't even know like what that is. Like I know what that feels like, bro. Yeah, I know what you're I know what you're talking about. If it sucks. Like yeah, you can't sucks. talk to nobody about this, man. Like, you can't talk to anybody about this. Yeah. Because 
I tried. I tried to tell people about this. I told the teachers about this. They just say, oh, they're just kids. They're playing. They're being friendly. And when you tell other people about it, they will go ahead and tell other people. And then everybody come back and make fun of you because you said something that they wouldn't say in English. Your uh, English was different from their English. Yeah. So, you know, overall, I just. So how did you get so, out of that? I finished the program. Oh, you did? I finished the program. Like, I, cu I couldn't finish it, but I did. You did? That's good. I did. I finished it. I went to California. I went to Oh, you California. jetted out of Alabama? You left Alabama, then you went to California? Is that what yeah. you did? Yeah. So I went to California Where'd well, you after, up, a year, after, after a year. After a year, I finished so you, my exchange you, you program. You spent a whole year in Alabama like that? Yeah, the whole year, man. It was, yeah, dude, that probably made you tough as shit, huh? Dude, I'm tough as shit. Like, so that built, you can't you probably, kill me, man. You, you basically built like a big old thick skin. For yeah, that, that's for that type of like. Uh, I go up to anybody. I'd be like, "Yo, what's your name? My name is Kangol. I, I, I can do anything, man. I can ask money. I can ask for anything. Like, because, I don't care, bro. Because you've heard it all. Because like, no, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to survive, You're man. Basically, bulletproof. If I don't do this, yeah, I'm just gonna get him bullied. Because back in the day, I didn't know how to speak English. I didn't know so how to you, like, yeah, ask it, for help. If anything, that made you just bulletproof when it comes to like. Hearing any type of response, like you don't, it just bounces off of you. you just yeah, man. Back it just in the day, affect you. back in the day, they bullied me because I did not understand because yeah. I couldn't stand up. So today, it's it's not happening anymore, and I'm not letting that happening to other people if I see it. So it's a curse and a blessing. It's, it is, it's, it's definitely is, man. It's, it's a curse and a blessing that it happened to you. I at hate a young it, age. but it's also something that people. Think that I'm really tough at, you know, but I it's, hate it's, it. It's definitely one of those things where, like, looking back on it now, it made you who you are because now you literally developed a thicker skin, and it doesn't like affect you now. Whenever people turn you down or say anything bad about you, because you're like, oh, I've heard worse. And but at the same time, it's kind of like I'm you, very you, resilient from that. Yeah, experience. you're resilient from it, and it just makes you stronger. Because you can't kill me anymore. Like yeah. I just don't. You can't. Other than God, you can't kill me, man. Yeah. You can't. I just don't let anybody kill me. If you say that I can't do something, bro, I'm gonna do it, man. If you tell me, if you tell me I'm Chinese, I can't do something, bro. I can do it, bro. I can do better than you. Hell yeah! I can yeah, do better Kango. than you, anybody, man. Like, I'm the smartest. I'm the best in the room. If you're gonna fight me, dude. I, I know, dude. I know you have that fire, bro. I know you have that fire. Like that's I, why I, I stayed up it, at night, man. I see it come out of you, bro. Like I've seen it come out of you. Like even right now, I see it come out of you. Like. I know you have that like fierce dragon in you, and it's just like it's what motivates you. Yeah, man. But, like, I might I not, think, I, think, I might not be on the top right now. Oh, like, dude, you're already on top. But like, bro, you just sold your. I'm first, working my way. You, you know, you just sold your sold your first company. You're already on top. <laughs> not really, man. That, that's not. It's not a big deal. Ah, dude, you're 21, bro, <laughs> and and you're stacking sats, bro. Oh, sats, big deal, guys. Sats, big deal. You're stacking Bitcoin. Sats, no, that is something I would say one of the. Biggest advantage, one of one of the biggest advantage that I had over my peers, and I want my peers to catch up on this, is that start stacking sets, like start learning about Bitcoin. Hundred percent. If you don't learn about Bitcoin, bro, this is a revolution. This is a revolution. Like so, you, so us, folks who weren't born millionaire, billionaires, kid, have a chance to operate like them. Dude, what do you think about all those kids right now in China that can't buy Bitcoin because they're oh, banning because they're banning mining because they're banning all this other stuff like exchange like all that crap, dude? What do you think about that, dude? Like, you think it sucks for them? I think 
I think it sucks for them for sure because while I'm telling my parents to sell their house, not our house, I we still have some house left, but like we want to sell everything to turn into to put in the Bitcoin. But I mean, I have a way. But for the regular kids of my age, it kind of sucks that they can't really buy Bitcoin. Well, they can actually, but it's really hard for them to get it. So they probably not even bother to learn about Bitcoin. And it's gonna be stuck with that. Yeah, they don't speak English. You know, a lot of stuff is in English. So they're gonna be stuck with just that Chinese digital currency, whatever they make. Yeah, it's 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 kind of sad, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it's too sad. Just because like China and America are still pretty strong countries, they would do whatever they can to uh, preserve their currency. So at least they're not gonna go into a state where it's like El Salvador. But at the same time, they can't buy Bitcoin, which is kind of sad. That way, they can't join the million, not a millionaire club, but like they can't really join this revolution. You know, they are kind of listening know, to what the situation is steering around for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish they could get in early, but I mean, I don't know, dude. We'll there's see. A, well, there's a lot of people in China owns Bitcoin. You know, oh, you think so? Yeah, I mean, at, at first, there's more Bitcoin. There's more people in Bitcoin have. Uh, I mean, there's more people in China having Bitcoin than America. Yeah, and that was yeah, initially. Yeah. Except now, like they, they this fucking stupid, fucking stupid ban. Now people can't do it no more. So when you were in California, did you did you did you just meet up with the right people, and you, it just worked out better for you over there than it did in Alabama? Is that how it just kind of worked out? Yeah, man. I went to the school, like which I'm really grateful for. It's called a Orange County Christian School. So in Orange County Christian School, the faculties were so caring. And I was really offensive and defensive at the at the same time at first. Oh, like, you were? Yeah, I I didn't really understand jokes and stuff. I hated it because all the jokes in Alabama were about me being Asian, were about were making fun of me, you know. So like I couldn't understand English even when I first got to California. Um, so at first, like, I really hated jokes. So if I can't understand a joke, I'd probably like respond something really like offensive or something. Like I really hated it. I would run away. So the faculties were like really caring. So they will always come and ask me like, hey, what's going on, Kango? Like, let me understand, right? And and then they would apologize and say, hey, um, you know, if you feel bad, like apologize. But like, it wasn't what we wanted to do. You know, like, we didn't want you to feel hurt. <laughs> so like, after a year, I really feel like there's something over there powerful. And it changed me, you know, like it makes me feel sorry for the things and things that I said and done to, to, to the fellow fellow um, people at Orange County Christian. Um, so that that changed me. That put me on the right trajectory. And I learned so much about God, you know, from the faculties there. And and I just learned how to forgive people. Yeah. And it was hard to this day. But if it wasn't Orange County Christian School, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep, man. Wow. Sound nights. I wouldn't even be able to go to sleep. But you know that was the high school I went to. I was really glad. I was a, I was a president. Uh, oh really? Yeah. I I <laughs> my rival was this girl. Um, she was she was meant to be the president when she was at the twelve grade twelve because she went to that school for her whole life. Yeah, of and course. And her dad actually owns the school. Oh wow. So, but um, but I went in there. Um, she totally ignored the lower graders and the international students. So I got their vote and I became the president. When I graduated, I was valedictorian as well. So you really succeeded there. Yeah, I wow, I was doing really well there. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the people there. People loved me there. 
And I had a fun time. I had best friend and we'd go to the beach all the time, surfing. So, you, so it was just it was just more your culture, more more your type of environment. Yeah, that's why I say familiar. like Southern California, Los Angeles is always going to be my home, you know. Like I know I go there, I would always have a place to stay with my church. I I know I I know I, I know I have a lot of friends over there and overall it's just my favorite place on this planet. That's cool. Dude. It's not America. It's just Los Angeles, guys. Dang, bro. Dang. You're making me want to go visit, bro. Oh, you got to, man. I'll go. I'll show everything to you, man. I'll show all the good food. <laughs> I don't know, all man. The spot. I don't know, man. I really love Austin. Uh, so Austin's amazing, too, guys. Austin's amazing. Yeah, I really love Austin. Uh, so, uh, okay. So, you come here. You grind. You sell your company. And what are you doing now? You're just gonna you're just gonna become a Bitcoin billionaire and then that's it. Is that Dude, the end I'm, of Kango I'm working or what? there, huh? I'm working there. Oh, I'm, you are. You are. I'm you... trying to work. I'm trying to be a Bitcoin. Like, I'm, I want to own. I want to own a lot of Bitcoin. Right now, I'm just trying to work my way up, like stack yeah. as many Bitcoin as I can. And like, let, let's face it, guys. Like, you can't. Like, there's no free money in this world. If you don't do your homework, you don't get it. So I got into Bitcoin late. Which everybody kind of got into. I don't, I don't think you got into it late, dude. I, well, yeah, probably ten years down the road, everyone gonna look at me and be like, "Yo, this guy got into Bitcoin so early." But, but compared to the OGs, you know, compared to like people like John Santon and Peter Santon, like, dude, I'm so like, so new to this thing, and they're already like stacking out like crazy. So, you know, I there's no free money, guys. Like they got in there, they 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 bought those Bitcoin not because they're lucky, but because they did the research. They understand the value at a time where nobody believed in that. Like, seriously, guys, right now, a lot of people, we would say right now at this point, we see all these countries start adopting Bitcoin and it gives us a lot of faith. I would say, it's, I would say even now, Kango, like, there's really no reason for you not to be buying Bitcoin and stacking sats now at this point. It, it's... It's it's at a point now where well, they got to do their homework first. No, like, no, no. I would it. I would even say like it, it's it's coming to a point now, and I'm really starting to believe this. Just talking to other Bitcoiners. Yeah. Like if if you're a regular person and you're not buying Bitcoin and you're not and you and you're like, dude, we have the Austin Bitcoin Club, right? There's the big the the Bitcoin developers meet meet up, right? Like there's all this stuff going on in our city here in Austin. So if you're not buying Bitcoin, and there's different ways to buy Bitcoin, right? And there's so much information out there, more information than 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 was when I was around. Of course. And there's course. there's conferences, there's all these yep. things, and like podcasts. I can go down the list. Like there's countries now, and there's companies, and like if you're just not buying Bitcoin and you're just not getting it yet, like I'm sorry, yeah, like man. I'm just I'm just like I really just don't know what to tell you at this but point. Car, like, also, here's something that we got to keep in mind. It's our mission. Yeah, it's my mission. That's it's, why I do ABC, bro. It's like, what, it's yeah, exactly, man. So that's what ABC is literally for. Is to that's what I do it to you know to educate more people on Bitcoin, which I want I want to be a part of part of as well. You and are a to, part of it. You are yeah, man. Of, you're you're an ABC member. No, you're a Genesis member actually because you came to the first one. Yeah, man. Like, so I, like yeah, you're a Genesis member. That's why I'm saying like I'm an OG now. <laughs> you're a Genesis. Kidding. You're a Genesis AB, but ABC. But you know, member, a lot of people like, out there. Let, let's say a kid in Southern California. He probably never heard of, he probably just heard of Bitcoin, but like he never like no one ever taught Dude, him about gotta, Bitcoin. You, you gotta go saying? start uh That's why 
Oh, I'm kind of doing gotta, this in San Francisco. You gotta go start this in San Fran or with Ar- Kodak. I want to teach more people about Bitcoin. Dude, you Bitcoin. just need to start a, a, a what is that? Orange County Bitcoin Club. You just need to start a OGB. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe <laughs> one day. But what is it? Was it? Would it be OGB Orange? No, O <laughs> Orange County OCB Orange County. OCB, yeah. Bitcoin. No, OCBC. OCBC. Orange County Bitcoin Club. But yeah, man. I think you know. Of course, I I agree that everybody's supposed to jump on Bitcoin, but but yeah, man, that's kind of like my next step is trying to get more Bitcoin, just get more wealth and be able to help more people. Because if you don't have resources, you can't really help anybody, really. I think everybody just needs I think at this point, I think if you're if you're someone like in a city and, and you're a Bitcoiner and you're a hardcore Bitcoiner, I think and you have and it's more than just you. It's like a couple of you and you know that you have like three or four people and you're in a pretty big city. You need to start your own. Bitcoin club and then you need yeah, to start you need I to start, would urge that too yeah I would I would urge that like 100% and you need to start your own Bitcoin club reach out to me reach out to Kyle reach out to Kangle like reach out to all yeah, of us reach out to us like, and I then get we will connected. help you out like we will help you out with like whatever we can like as far as like how to start it like what we did what we learned where we failed at like I it, kinda, it's, it's really really easy to do and it's a lot of fun and believe it or not like it saves um, a lot of people by the way it saves a lot of people and then hyper Bitcoinization yeah and and by the way, I, I kind of mentioned this with Kaya already, which is, you know, I, I want you guys to come to my club next time. Uh, which one? Well, well, uh, Codex in San Francisco. Dude, I want to go. To like, you know, show the people about Bitcoin. And, you know, Michael Saylor is using, um, is using Bitcoin as part of their accounting, right? Yeah, he's holding some on their balance sheet. Yeah, on their balance sheet. And like, I mean, you know, that could be relatable to a lot of uh um, student to a lot of that could be something that a lot of students at university should learn. Maybe you know. Oh, as like a business, as a business class. I think. Yeah, I think it's, it's a business class. You know. So um, or or just in general, because like right now we're partnering with the University of San Francisco. We want to partner with more universities, but just to just to bring that knowledge of wealth to more younger generation. You know. So like when you do business or dealing with your personal finance, you'll be able to know like kind of like what you need to do about it. Yeah, I think just financial literacy in general just needs to be exactly. I think, it's, man. I think just just I think I realized like just I mean we talked about this me and you and I've had conversations with others, but like financial literacy is just the way in the door. And it's so and low then, right now. Yeah, it's so low, which is everybody. But like I think if you just get in the door with like financial literacy as like the the kind of like banner, and then. Especially if you tell them you're like, I'm so-and-so from Bitcoin so-and-so. I want to teach you about financial literacy. Bitcoin's such a big name that they'll eventually ask you like, oh, what's Bitcoin? And then then you can just orange pill them. And that's usually the way to get in. But first, you have to start off with financial literacy. Because if you go in there saying like, you're not going to make it unless you buy Bitcoin, they're not going to listen to you. Yeah, man. Or you can just go <laughs> and be like, you guys want to be rich. <laughs> no, that, but, that never works. Yeah, man. So, but, you know, on top of uh, stacking... Stacking sets. Uh, I am trying to, you know, build my next company as well. Which oh is, yeah. So tell me about that. Like, how is that going? Yeah, man. So it's currently called Ten Ten X. I want to change the name one day because Ten X is not a very good name. I think. Why not? Uh, it it just SEO is hard and and it's just too common of a name. I want you would cooler. look at that, wouldn't you? You would look at the SEO on that. Okay, so this yeah, here, I know, I know, the, but that's funny. Like you would to, you would totally look at something like that. Me, I'm just like. 
Does it sound right? Does it look cool? Does it like, but yeah, you would totally yeah, consider look, that too, man. I know. I, I didn't even consider something. And it's like so that. expensive. You know, all, all domains are so expensive. We do own uh, 10x.club, um, but it's so expensive. Yeah, it's so expensive. And um, oh, the good thing is that I got 10x uh, underscore NFT for my Twitter handle, which is kind of <laughs> so cool. So why are you going down NFTs? Are you literally just chasing the. Are you ch chasing the hot market like because you're trying to do NFTs on Bitcoin? Like, why are you going down the NFT route? Even Fuck though you the know, JPEG, bro. Even though you know, Kangle. Fuck the JPEG. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Like, why are you going down NFTs even though you know, like, Bitcoin is the way? Bitcoin and NFT are not in conflict. I think there's huge potential building NFT on Bitcoin. What, why is there huge potential for that? Because, because guys, like, I mean… Take a look at all this. First of all, all these other chains, they're, they not, they're not like actually decentralized. Let's, you know, it's just a fact. Yeah, it's centralized. Um, and, and Bitcoin is like truly decentralized. And if we can find a way to mint stuff on Bitcoin through some sort of, uh, um, you know, maybe like layer two solution or like even like a three solution in the future, like it will it, it, be really cheap and it will be really secure. Like compared to other chains, bro. Like Bitcoin just, I think Bitcoin is going to last a very long time, has that longevity compared to other chains out there. But that doesn't mean we, we, we can't build other architecture for the solution. But, you know, I think Bitcoin is definitely under underrated when it comes to building NFT. Everybody's like, you can't build NFTs on Bitcoin. You can't. Do no, Bitcoin is not building. No, so, 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 so you basically <laughs> want you basically want to kind of because I think the only people that are doing NFTs on Bitcoin right now is just like Rarible, I think. And that's and that's, oh no, they're and not I, they're not doing anything on Bitcoin. But I'm just saying, like it's it's one of those things where like I I just feel like uh like Blockstream already has that, and I don't even know if it's going so well with NFTs on Bitcoin. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but like maybe you're I think right. people are thinking about you're talking about a different NFT from what I'm talking about. I think because NFTs nowadays, like people kind of this have this wrong conception that NFTs are JPEGs. Okay, yeah, that's right? what I was NFTs, thinking. So what, okay, are you, what are you? So thinking? right now, what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of hype with um, with a lot of NFTs out there right now. With a lot, let me quotation <laughs> NFTs out there. Let me put it this way: If you're selling an NFT, that's a bullshit you're selling. So why are you? But if you are NFTs? selling something that has NFT in it, that has the technology NFT in it, then you might you might be doing it right. So NFT is it shouldn't be a picture. It could be a picture, of course, but it shouldn't be like a picture that worth like millions of dollars. It's just like anybody draw it in a million dollars. Um, it shouldn't have that forced community. Because right now everybody's trying to copy a couple of the NFT project and be like, yo, let me create a community. Let me go put some quote unquote perks in there. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's all forced value. Are you really providing value? Right. And I know that the value has actually always been there in our life before NFT ever came around. Like such as business, right? Business applications that has been around for a very long time, such as Instagram, right? Twitter, all these applications that has been around for a very long time. And how can we integrate NFT into applications? So you're not talking about JPEGs then? No, fuck JPEG, bro. So you're just saying, okay. That shit's hype. Well, I can't wait to see what that's going to be then. Because I want I want to I want to build NFTs as a technology solution so for you, I I think you might 
I think you might, you probably just might have to reinvent the word then. I think that's going to be your problem. Maybe I should, huh? I think you should because I think the biggest problem is like as soon as you say that word, it's such a trigger for Bitcoiners that a lot of us are, I think, I think, I think, I think I, a lot of us are going to be like, they're just going to turn off our, like, we're just going to, we're just going to say like, okay, this is just another NFT or blah, blah, blah. Like, we're just not going to pay attention. But like, I think if I think if there was just a different word for what you're trying to do, and it sounds like it's not an NFT, like it sounds like it's something completely different. But I mean, I don't know, Kango. I mean, you, you'll figure it out. I'm, I'm sure. I'm very, you know, I'm I'm pro on Bitcoin. Like I'm pro on Bitcoin on uh, compared to any other coins out there. Like I put. Oh, I know. I, I, I know, actually I own much of other stuff. I know. But, I know you. I know you're. You like. You but, like. Bitcoin. But here's. But here's something I would. I would. I want to say. Right. So, I think, again, like. Bitcoin and NFT, they're not in conflict. They're two separate things. And people just need to understand it better, I think. It like, might be. That's what, why I say it might be a generational thing. It's it's why well, it's not a generational because a lot of, a lot of my friends, they are actually selling courses, like teaching people how to do those stupid NFTs. fake NFTs. Are they really? Well, yeah, I hate it, man. I couldn't come on it because they're my friends, but like Dang, dude. I'm just like, dude, this is so fucked. Why like, why what? do why do they like NFTs so much? Well, dude, just you chasing, make money. Like, is they're just chasing fiat? Paper gains? Is that all? Yeah, that... you make money. You make money from it. Oh, okay. And <laughs> that's dude, all they're I hate doing. it, bro. Yeah. I hate it. And then they ask me for advice. I'm like, oh, dude, Lord. I, I, I don't. I mean, like, yeah, oh, it's you, cool. All that, like, but like, like it's not stack. my game, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this, bro. I don't want yeah. any part of this. But seriously, man, like, fuck JPEG because that's just not real. But the technology itself, that the potential it could provide, um, it, it, it is unlimited. It gives you, if you do this stuff on. So most of most of the um, applications that want an NFT, they want IP protections and further monetizations. So IP protection, you can't find a better chain to do IP protection than Bitcoin, actually, in my opinion, right? Because Bitcoin has that longevity, and and further monetization is just kind of hardcore. Like you basically make more money on your app if you integrate this this um, technology such as like you turn your posts into an NFT or like some other things into an NFT and you, you can do do more thing with it you can take it in the app out of the app do whatever you want with it it's kind of like your thing now you carry it I don't know what that's supposed to look like I, I'm a more of a visual kind of guy I'm I'm, I'm more, the more and more I do what I do here at Pleb Lab and the more and more I do what I do with this podcast and yeah. everything that I've been doing with ABC I'm losing my technical prowess that I used to have. Oh, man. Like, it sucks, dude, because I'm just not caught up to speed. I mean, I hang out with all these devs, but it's just I'm not picking up anymore like I used to when I used to focus entirely on my sysadmin skills. I need code too, right? No, I used to back in the day. Like, yeah. But now it's all dropping off because now I'm just designing all day and it's all, like, front stuff, right? So, um, yeah. I can't wait to see what you're going to do because I, I know it's going to be fire. But well, the most important least, thing, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited that you're doing it on Bitcoin, right? Yeah, man. I, uh, yeah, I, th I think Bitcoin. Dude, I think so that's much all. Potential I think at Bitcoin. the end of the day, that's that's all that matters to me, personally. But you know, um, you know, for general public, I think um, general audience, just get more Bitcoin, guys. Like it's, this is the time, you know. If you don't get it now, well, it's not financial advice, first of all. <laughs> but <laughs> guys, this is not a financial nah, advice. Dude, it, I think they know that. Okay, well, I think I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Yo, guys, thank you for tuning in to um, Thriller Bitcoin Podcast. You're riding with the gangsta King Golan.